0: Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Georgia State Studios in California. It's episode 263 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back the one and only Jose Blanco as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Degos Race has introduced another chapter of the saga, Saga Solez. Solez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Solez, the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. The Saga Solez carries a bunch of Cuyola Olor and Peloto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sides at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Soles. And by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry. It is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan Sun Grown, and a dark oil Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a complexity uh, with uh, layers of rich flavors and smooth, Mm -hmm. elegant Mm -hmm. aromas. Mm -hmm. Mm Perdomo cigars are a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Albano Bourbon barrel Perdomo 23 Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, yeah. check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we want to mention Cavalier of Geneva. Cavalier Cigars, Cavalier Cigars, Smoke Gold and Stay Gold. You want to join the inner circle and follow Cavalier Cigars on their social media accounts on Instagram and Facebook. Um, that's the Cavalier underscore cigars on Instagram and Cavalier Geneve Cigars on Facebook. That's Geneva, G-E-N-E-V-E. Visit your local tobacconist and join that movement, which is Cavalier Cigars. They are consistently regarded highly by cigar lovers everywhere, as well as high ratings by the Cigar Industry Press. Follow them on Instagram, again, at Cavalier underscore cigars, because they do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. That's Cavalier Cigars, Smoke Gold, and Stay Gold. And finally, by Drew State. Dark, bold, and unapologetic, Black & Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. It's a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distillings Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The All Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is a rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced cigar, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat Retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Primetime Show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime, episode 263. Today is Thursday, April 13th, 2023. This is Will Cooper. I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios. Aaron Loomis is off arguing with Robot well, we're Arguing for robot empires at uh, his daughter's game, so we'll, we'll, he'll be joining us a little late. <laughs> um, and uh, but no, we have a great show tonight. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, Jose, I'm going to bring Jose right in. Jose Blanco is our guest tonight. So, Jose, welcome back to Primetime.
1: Good morning, Koopa. Good, good, uh, good evening.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> some part of the world.
0: I <laughs> know. Appreciate you getting up, Jose. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we do appreciate it. Um, you know, you mentioned right before the show, you were talking about my dad, right? And yeah, it is one year since he passed. But there is also another thing that is very special today. Um, it is the six years, six years ago today was the first primetime show with Aaron and I. Um, so we're doing two shows to kind of commemorate the six year uh we're gonna have you on this week and then we have another guest next week uh so aaron can do a full secure show so jose we're honored to also have you as our secure guest so i was really uh, appreciative that you can do that as well for us
1: <laughs> you know Cooper, uh, it's uh it's great to be on and uh you know i was talking to you about uh, it's the first anniversary of your dad and i know how that is because yeah uh, thank you i lost mine many many years ago you know you you never forget your parents. It doesn't matter. It's been a year, a day, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever it is. I know it's hard.
0: No, I appreciate it. You know, I tried to, you know, you try to distract yourself, but, um, and do things and it's hard to go through it. Um, and it's funny things. I just know sometimes he's he's on my shoulder or something like, like, you know, what are you doing? It's like, you know, so, um, You know, I just got back from Minnesota. Right. And, you know, he was just a big car guy and I could I could just see him in the lot. No, don't take that car. Take that car. You know, it's like in the in the the rental car lot. You know, that's how he was. So I do appreciate the kind words, Jose. Thank you very much.
1: You know, it's gonna I see that already Carlitos. up. Oh, boy. You know, know, it's it's a good thing that he can't log in because, you know. (laughs) Oh, he'll make his comments and all that. And uh, I I appreciate, you know, everybody who's watching the show. Thank you. But, you know, it's good. The ball busting is not, you know, directly. So if you can do it from a distance. Thank God. I don't think Jeremiah is going to get up
0: either. <laughs> well, well, Jeremiah, if you listen to the, to the, you know, playback of this, like right, you can leave your comments afterwards, you know?
1: Something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but thanks to Carlito for joining as well. Um, you know, we do appreciate it. Um, greatly, uh, the whole Fuente family, you know, it's part of, um, you know, we've built so many of these friendships and relationships over the years. Um, and uh, it's always a beautiful thing to see so um you know thank thank you as well Jose for that you know
1: oh yeah i mean i got up every day you know between 5:30 and 6 so uh, a couple of hours uh <laughs> earlier to do a favor I, I i did it's, offer to start uh, the show
0: later for jose he said no let's do let's do it you know like i got up before you know he's like okay <laughs> no problem
1: no problem uh,
0: um you know jose i just want to just i mean I think a lot of folks have probably seen, you know, been seeing me, at the professor the last weeks. But how are you doing personally? You know, how are you feeling right now? Is, is, well, I th- you know, to
1: be honest, there's still people that I've talked to that didn't even know that, uh, happened. No, it was, it was, uh, you know, just a lot of people who didn't know. Look, Em and I, we were at, uh, at Pro Cigar. We had spent the, uh, the day with a lot of, uh, uh, people at the farm with Carlito, we had a group of 50-something people. And then it. Uh, we went to the first pro-cigar uh, 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 dinner. Yep, I, I saw you. I, I went over to your event. table. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we were all there. Had a great time. We're, and the next day we got up early and I uh, was in the, uh, the bathroom, uh, you know, taking a shower. And all, and all of a sudden I fell down. Thank God Emma was there. She took me to the... Uh, To the emergency, I fainted again at the emergency, and uh, they put the halter in just to measure uh, the heartbeats and that. The doctor said, look, whether it's today or tomorrow, uh, uh, we're recommending that you put in the pacemaker. And I kind of freaked out because, you know, you think uh, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: an operation, they're going to put you totally to Steven and the doctors. No, no, no. Those were in the old days. Yeah, it's the the anesthesia is local and it won't be more than an hour and a half. And I go like, really? So by the time we're talking of this and that, it was all over. I was in the clinic uh, for two days, <clears throat> and then I went to uh, spent uh, went to my daughter's house because uh, Emma had to come back uh, with Jasper when everything was okay. And then like after the Fifth day, I went to the factory. I spent time with Carlito. And uh, the only thing I couldn't do was to uh, smoke for 30 days. So I waited 33 days, the age of Christ, and I started to smoke. And then I put (laughs) up a post, and it got a a ton of comments. People were happy that I was smoking. And I put up three cigars, and I asked people uh, which of those three cigars I would smoke. I think it was an Añejo, an Opus. In a Don Carlos personal reserve. Eighty percent of the people said Don Carlos Personal Reserve. They knew that was my yeah, yeah. all-time favorite cigar so, I felt great and I'm smoking one or two cigars a day, but um
0: take it easy, taking yep. Taking
1: it easy. I'm feeling great. And I will be traveling at the at the end of the month. And uh, you know, waiting for another great year and uh we'll see what happens.
0: No, no. I mean, um, you know, we're going to talk about there was there was a lot of things happening that week at Pro Cigar, right? Oh, yeah. Um, And we're going to talk about a a couple of them tonight, I'm sure. But when I didn't hear back from you or hear from you about some of these things going on, that's when I got I I thought something was up. And then, you know, obviously, I I found out. So I because I figured you'd be chomping at the bit to talk about some of the stuff that, you know, was going on. That was, you know, the Alec Bradley stuff was going down that week and everything. So. So uh, I'm glad you're doing good. You, you look great. You sound great. Um, and you know, we're really glad for you, Jose. Just take it easy. Like I said, you know, um, you and- know it's,
1: the, it, it's the funny thing is the first time that I've ever done an interview. I haven't shaved. So I said uh, I was on a show a couple of nights. Well, last night with uh, our good friend Reinhardt that Tim Ossinger was there. Oh, yeah. And, and Tim was the first one, God, that you're not shaving. I said, well, you know, I got to do something something different. Uh,
0: you, you know, uh, Tim, I got to interview Tim. I got to meet Tim in person a couple of times now. And, you know, Jose, I think you having this guy back in the industry. And I really didn't know him the first time. But having him back is is such a positive and it's a great thing for our industry to have a guy like him back in it now, full full bomb.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, I, as many people know, I worked with Tim for many, many years, and uh, I knew he would come back. I didn't think it was going to take him so long. And you know, he gave us, me and Carlito and Jeremiah on our show, the first interview. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and both Carlito and and uh, Jeremiah, we agreed that a person like Tim Ossinger, coming back would be good for the business because you know people don't remember the things that tim you know and his team created you know the uh all the all the all the concepts you know bringing the sopranos bringing yeah. the flavor section to another to another level i mean that was amazing mm-hmm. and you know for the great job that they did they sold that company very well and tim has come back and uh he just strengthens the uh the industry and the position of people to understand why it's so important to do business with family owned companies yeah you know tim is working right now with ernie which we all know that's you know it's it's one of the great yep. uh, master blenders out there and ernie's happy and tim is happy and they're making a good product and it's just good for the industry and 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 tim is just amazing and you know my condor and, and John Huber and Miguel, they're doing a great job. And, you know, they, we they, wish them absolutely all the best in the world. It's like Alito says, it's not about the cigars. It's all about the people. And those they are great people.
0: Yeah, no, they are. You know, so uh, Tim was at Abe's event. And I don't know if I told you this or not, but, um, you know, so Tim was at uh, he was representing both Crown Heads and Osgener at Abe's event with Miguel. And you know, there's a lot of people there. And I I watch everyone and how they're interacting. Um, and Tim was absolutely, and this is not a knock on anybody else, but Tim was in that booth from start to finish. Um, and he was ta- he was he was taking pages out of like Carlito's book and Jonathan Drew's book, talking to everyone who came up there. And I thought it was so important that he did that because. He's still new to a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of new smokers since that really don't know who he is. And this was a great opportunity. And he used that time, I think, and connected with a lot of people. And I talked to people who had talked to him. And they just really said, Wow, this guy is, you know, now they understand who he is and what he's all about.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. He's uh and then he's funny too. He's funny. I mean, I love to see him. I knew. Uh, John know his father very well and I love to see you know on the shows he's on how he imitates his father oh he goes into his
0: father's voice every time (laughs) yeah and and I, I, uh, you know, he's famous for the Rocky Patel imitation, too. That's the other one. And apparently Rocky's, like, really cool with it. And, like, like, so it's all good with that. So, uh, no, but that was good. Uh, So, yeah, you guys were on with Reinhardt last night. So, excellent um, to hear. uh, I have to catch up. I was traveling um, the last few days. So, I haven't had a chance to catch up on some shows this week. So, I definitely have to do that one. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, Jose, we, we did touch on pro cigar and I and I know you were there for you know part of it, obviously. What we what did you have any impressions about this year's Pro Cigar, how it went?
1: Well, it was one of the biggest. I mean, and yeah. look, not to knock on other uh cigar festivals, right. but I can tell you there's no cigar festival in the world. There could be bigger ones, right? But the organization of pro cigar to compare to, to other countries. I mean, they tell you that bus is at eight forty-five. It's eight forty-five. In some countries, they tell you it, it's eight forty-five. It could it could wind up at ten forty-five. I mean, it, things happen. It's not to knock any anybody down, but the organization, the pro cigar, and then the the other thing is that you know all the principals are there. You see them at the dinners when you are touring their factories. They're there. Like in our case, I mean, Carlitos giving out that tour. Well, we were uh, in, in previous years to see that. And to like to go to Chateau de la Fuente and see Carlito, you know, giving the explanation of the foundation, the importance of the foundation. And for many people who are going for the first time that have been contributing and buying uh, you know the uh, Toast of America gift packs and all that, and to see where all that money is going into. And then to be in the farm and then you know the the dinner and I mean the lunch at the farm and seeing, Chateau de la Fuente and the the, the Hemingway house and all that. It's just, it's just mind blowing. You know, I always, I've been telling people for years, I don't care if you've been smoking for a year or 25, 30 or 50 years. Until you don't go to a factory and see the process of making cigars, the fermentation, the aging, or you go to a farm and see how the leaves are picked or go into a curing barn or go into, let's say, where tobacco is being fermented, and you smell those ammonias, or then you go to where they're they're opening up bales of tobacco, and you open up a bale of tobacco, and whoever's giving the tour gives you those leaves for you to smell. I mean, you've been doing it for many, many years, so it's just like you have to go to a factory. I don't care if it's in Dominican or... Mexico and Honduras or Nicaragua, wherever you decide, it's an experience that will change You'll, your way of thinking and seeing and smoking cigars.
0: Yeah, no, it, you're you're a hundred percent right. And like I tell people, if you've been to one factory, you know it's not enough. You know, there's so many you know really good ones out there. Um, you know what was. We were remember when I was there last year and we were in Carlito's office and Charlie Minato came in, right? And Charlie and I were just talking and he said to me, he goes, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow?" I said, "I'm going out to Chatelo Fuente and uh C F C F and and Charlie was just he said exactly what you said. He said if when you go out there, he said that is going to completely change change you, right? And it's it's not about an experience where you're going to go smoke cigars there, but he said what you're going to see there, it, it, if it has to move you. Um, and he was 100% right. I mean, I just, that even kind of, um, while I was prepared for that, it just, it was, it was just really, um, like I said, I, I I was just raving to my wife about it when I got back, um, just, just how incredible it was to see that, um, you know, I, you know, I, I, to- I- yeah.
1: No, no, no. I was going to say, look, it's not because uh, a lot of people know, you know, right? yeah. I've been friends with Carlito for years. And I've been saying it even before I've worked uh, with Fuente. When people start uh, asking me about farms, I said, let me tell you something. There's a lot of beautiful farms in Cuba. There's a lot of beautiful farms in Nicaragua, and Honduras, and the Dominican Republic. But there is no farm like Chateau de la Fuente in the world. No. And it's not because the beauty of the farm and everything that's in it. It's because it's magical. It's something that that goes along with, like in life things happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Chateau de la Fuente has not only brought out the wrapper for one of the most thought out cigars in the world, a cigar that I think even changed the way that people look at cigars, but also it's what it did for a community that didn't have water, didn't have electricity, That was one of the worst places in Dominican Republic where where crooks and thieves and bad people will go out and hide out. And now the community has changed and the foundation has changed the lives of thousands and thousands of of kids that didn't have a future. They've graduated nurses, doctors, entrepreneurs, tech people, nurses, 550 kids a day get breakfast, get their lunch, get their clothes, their shoes, uh, the 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 arts, the the, the baseball, the, the the teaching, the judo, the three languages. I mean, recognized by the by UNESCO and, and the United Nations and all that. I mean by the United Nations, not UNESCO, but it's it's just mind blowing yep. like, you know, what has happened. So you know, credit to Carlito, to the Newmans, to yep. everybody who has contributed. To the foundation it is really something really uh, that you have to see with your own eyes.
0: Yep yep and I'd be remiss if I don't mention my friend Matt Tobacco at Smoking Tobacco him and Nicole have that fundraiser going on right now and oh, there's yeah. some great items out there um, so you know go out there that money all goes back into the foundation there um, and, it's, and I know they got to see it firsthand uh, this fall as well so And I know they were very moved by it, too. So um, definitely go check that out. Uh, There's some I mean, there's some rare stuff on there, too. I mean, so there's plenty of stuff out there. But the most important thing is your money is going right into that foundation there. So um, it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. Oh no, Definitely,
1: definitely, definitely. And uh, I remember the first time I went to the farm. I mean, it's like, wow. And then, you know, more things keep adding. It's the yeah. same thing at the at yeah. the, the factory. I remember it was like four years. I hadn't gone there and it just blew me away. Then yeah. a, what, the, the year and a half, I didn't go for, for COVID. And I mean, so many things, they, you know, keep adding and adding yeah. and adding and adding, investing and investing and bringing in people and, you know, doing things the right way.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I remember when you told me when we talked on the phone, you were literally that just told me you were going to Fuente and you called it your postdoctorate program. This was like your postdoctorate <laughs> you were going through. <laughs> so it's sounding like it's definitely lived up to that program for you.
1: You know, the funny thing, yeah, uh, I said it and I've said it on the show that, uh, you know, 30 years before was just, you know, a degree. Then my first five years with uh, Fuente would be a, a PhD. And then my last five, uh, would be like a doctor or whatever the, uh, whatever's after that. <laughs> <Or
0: post-doctor>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so that, that's, that's good right now. And, you know, you came into, look, when you started that job, it was like, um, you literally, I remember you got on the plane to go to, go to Europe and the pandemic started like right at that same time. So you kind of had a little bit of a different introduction probably to that job than you expected. Um, but now, you know, you and I talk and you're on the road a lot. So it seems like you've gotten back into your rhythm of, you know, meeting with customers and retailers. So, um, and you seem to really be enjoying it too.
1: No, I mean the first look, the first, uh, year, actually the first, first 14 months we were there and I survived COVID too. I mean, we were doing, Remember when we were doing the show was daily, then it was twice a week, then we started that. But, I mean, I was doing three, four virtuals a week. Oh, yeah. Two a week all over the world, you know, the Far East, the Middle East, uh, East Europe, West Europe, doing things in the States, being on a lot of shows, doing a lot of shows. And to be honest, I mean, we we feel sorry for all the people who died in COVID. But, you know, COVID just, (laughs) believe it or not, for some industries was really bad and the loss of life, you know, there's no way you can replace it. Yeah. But it really brought the cigar community to the next level. Yeah. A lot of people did it, I would say, right. Some people, it didn't work out because you you just can't be on a show, you know, trying to sell something, trying to sell some, right. pushing stuff and things like that. I mean, everybody has to do what they got to do. But our view was, you know, let's uh, bring... Something to, to retailers, to consumers, to even other media people, something different behind the scenes. You know, we didn't care if it was a small fact of uh, a small company or a big company, if it was a small retailer, big retailer, or a media guy, you know, just bring out people and just tell your story. Because, you know, I say it uh, many, many times people don't remember who took you to the dance. And like Carlito says all the time, we have to have all this documented because when we're long gone, right? And people want to see what uh, you know how so and so started, whether it's a media guy, or a retailer, or a manufacturer, or just a consumer. We want them. We want people to see it. You know the truth and nothing but the truth. So help you, God.
0: Right. Yeah, and I gotta say, Jose, meet the professor has certainly accomplished what you said. Um, I think you really the two shows I think that have survived. Or you and McAuliffe are kind of taking the same approach. You know, it's not necessarily about selling cigars with those shows. And your, your two shows have kind of continued. And if I'm leaving someone else out, I apologize. But, you know, I think that when you take the approach that you guys take, I think it's worked out very well. And the other thing is, I really like what you just said because it, you guys have taken an approach like you don't have to have a big celebrity on that show um and there's a lot of opportunities that i've seen people get to come on that show and and tell the story retailers small manufacturers um and i got to give you guys a lot of credit for that i think that uh, that's opened a lot of eyes to people on that to see that in action
1: no true and you know we uh we try to bring in everybody in that we to be honest we haven't had a person yet that has said uh no, that I can think of. Some are really, you know, I've never been on the show. There's a lot of people that were first-timers on our show that never gave, you know, were never on nobody's show and things like that. Oh, I know. And it was oh, I know. You know, I've had a great time these three years. You know, the only little bit of a hard part is, you know, the ball-busting with Conlito. Uh,
0: they are, they, oh, they, they really gang up on you, Jose.
1: But you know what it is? It's just that they're jealous. I mean, look at <laughs> oh. me, look. Who could look at four o'clock in the morning with just a couple of hours of, of sleep yeah. and look at how fresh and handsome and, you know, re- ready to go. The both of them look like, well, let's leave it at like that.
0: Jose, you, 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 you survived COVID and obviously just survived what you just went through. Um, yeah. Listen, <laughs> my hat's off to you. Uh and you sound no, I'm great. you're sound surviving
1: yeah, yeah surviving lived and Jeremiah for three years too <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, just take your meds, and you'll be okay, right, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> make sure they take their meds too, by the way, yeah. <laughs> oh that's uh but no it's it's but you know, um, I have you know you've been back on the road again, um, but let me before we kind of do that, you know, Jose, you what I call. The ultra consigliere, like that seems to be the role you've had at a lot of companies over the years. Like you're that, you know, right right hand guy, and you seem to enjoy that. You seem to enjoy that. whether it was at La Aurora or you know Oya, Ernesto, now Carlito. You you seem to do that, and I and I see the way that Carlito and the team really look at you, and and they um you know with all the ball busting, they also really lean on that consigliere type of uh angle and advice, too. I see that.
1: You know, the. Uh, how would you say? I've always, I remember one time, and <laughs> my good friend Skip Martin told me that I should be a diplomat, because I always try to mediate yeah. for things to go uh, the way things should be. You don't get it all the time. Yep. And, of course, you know, I'm a sales guy, I'm a production guy, I'm a I learned a little, a little bit about media, and I gotta, got I gotta give a shout out to—I know he's not listening—to Jonathan Drew because Jonathan, when I was at uh, VP at Hoya de Nicaragua, Jonathan taught uh, taught me a lot. And I gotta tell you something—I don't care what what anybody could say—but I think that jo- Jonathan Drew uh, his way of doing, you know, social media revo- revolutionized absolutely and changed the. Uh, the cigar media aspect of, uh, of cigars and communicating with, uh, with people. And I learned a lot, he taught me a lot. And uh, uh, he's not so active now, but I gotta tell you something, uh, to me, and I know I could get a lot of criticism for this, but if somebody brought Nicaragua to where it is, or due respect to Hoya or due respect to Padrón, two great companies, but to me, the guy who put Nicaragua on the map worldwide was Jonathan Drew. He was beating that drum of Nicaragua 24-7, 24-7 all day long. So uh, some people might say, well, the old man has lost it, but I've talked to a lot of people, even from Nicaragua, people who have companies in Nicaragua and said, Jonathan made a big difference uh, when it came to To
0: uh, to Nicaragua. Yeah, and you know, Jose, I can also tell you firsthand. I was at Cigar Safari. This is 2012, and you you were there, and you you were spending a lot of time there at the time. Um, So that's when you and I really first met was on that Cigar Safari. Um. So yeah, I mean, I saw you in action with that, and you were just you know still in absorbing stuff. You know, with a guy with your experience, you were still absorbing stuff like a sponge. It was it was amazing to see that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I remember Cigar Safari, uh, that was, we started that in January. That went January, February, March, and April. And then as of April, then I was, we would used to have two a week. We? People would come in Sunday, leave on Wednesday, and the, the time yeah. we were dropping them off at the airport, the other group was coming in from Miami. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a hell of an experience. What,
0: what was really interesting is we would be in a media group. Like, I remember I was on one, and we were coming, we were leaving Nicaragua, and we're walking through the customs area, and there the other group is coming, like, you can see there's a glass window, and they're coming, getting on the plane, like, getting off the plane, and, and going through their customs piece. So, it, you know, we saw, it was kind of cool, and I'm waving, I remember I waved to, I think it was David Jones I waved to. Like, I'm like, hey, David. But I couldn't talk to him, because it was this glass wall there.
1: yeah, 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 so, yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, it was very, yeah, it was absolutely the case going on there, um, for sure. Um, and that's when I first did your blending seminar, I remember as well. We, we, we did that. Um, and that's, I also, it was the first time I met Ben Ben Lee, actually, he was on that trip as well. I had not met Ben before. So, Ben and I, that was the first time we had met, you know, back on that trip. So, now Ben, you know, is yeah, on our team.
1: Yeah, Ben Lee, uh, let me see, because uh, Ben, I already had. I knew him because he had been down to DR. Yeah. Then that was uh, that was a great trip. I mean, we had a yeah. lot of. BDF
0: you style. were busting on Ben pretty hard that trip. I remember. <laughs> Definitely, you. Doc, the Doc, Doc Diaz
1: was. Doc on that Diaz
0: trip. was on that trip. Yeah, the Doc. Uh, we we I, I miss mean, him. We miss him. him. He, I mean, a lot of us. If we have any, if you haven't, if you don't remember Doc Diaz, uh, Stogie Fresh podcast um he paved the way for a lot of us um and there was things he taught us without realizing he taught us like you know the whole importance of education uh flavor you know understanding not just smoking your cigar but like you going back and understanding everything that goes behind the cigar as well um he you know he left and stayed gone and god bless him is what i gotta say yeah
1: you know the funny thing about doc is i gotta tell you a lot of people might not remember Doc Diaz, Stogie Fresh. We had developed a, uh, you know, relationship and talking. I told one of those weeks I was talking with him. I said, Doc, well, you should just come down here. And he says, I'll call you back. And by a couple of hours later, he called me back and said, where do I fly into? So, you know, you know, California to Miami, Miami to Santiago. Yeah. And he came and spent three or four days with us. And that was the year we did our first Pro Cigar. And he came down, too. And, I, and after that, I, I don't know how many times he went to uh, visit DR. I know he went to Nicaragua a couple of times. I don't know if he ever went to Honduras. But Doc Diaz, honest, serious, a lot of research. but Just, just a great guy. Just yeah, a great...
0: R- really a good guy. Um, he, his approach... Was a lot like your approach, Jose, uh, education, you know, learning and, and, and you know, you know, and, and there are things sometimes that I have to step back and do better job at w- with things like that, too. When I when I engage, because he was really good at that, as as you are. Um, And he always he always stressed education first with this. And he always would say he was an educational. I, I mean, I don't think I'm putting words about when he said he was an educational podcast is what he did.
1: I agree a hundred percent with yeah. you and and to be honest, not to uh knock anybody down, but a lot of people should do a little, a little bit more of uh, research not only on the person you're going to interview but overall. I always tell people go back in history a bit, just go back 40, 50 years and and, and just research how a lot of these people uh, you know uh Started off, and that's why, going back to the to our show, we like to go down memory lane. Even when we bring somebody from the third generation, we like to ask them about yep. their father. We like to ask them about their grandfather because there's a lot of things that we don't know about these people. Like, you know, Carlito knows the majority of these people. He grew up with these people, whether it was in Honduras or in Nicaragua or in, you know, in Tampa. Right. But uh, to me, you know, even I, I met during my uh, career in the in the industry many of them, but there was a lot that I didn't have the opportunity to meet, and I'm always you know digging and wanting to hear information about uh, about these old timers.
0: Yeah, you know, and like a lot of the stories that you know we do on our shows, you do on your show. I mean, um, I love the fact it's captured. Um, and if something happens to me, Jose, uh, I have been made arrangements that these shows will not disappear, is what I'll just tell you. So the, these these things are going to be out there um, So after I'm gone. Because I, I want these preserved for, for, for future generations as well.
1: Definitely, definitely. Because, yeah. you know, it's like uh, Carlito says, people will, will change history uh, yeah. <laughs> and just... Re- rewrite it on their own way, but when you have it documented, it's it's that. Look, at the end of the day, I think that most most media people, you know, the good ones, it's 12, 15 guys out there, you guys are doing an right. amazing job. Or like sometimes, yeah. Like I say, the bakers doesn't know the dirty, does not Yep. And uh how would you say everybody has a different way of of interviewing and bringing out you know different comments and things like that, but you really want to get to the bottom, and you know you always want to hear them say something of an experience or something that happened to them unique or something that changed their way of making cigars or presenting cigars or or different concept? People love that L- Let me tell you something. It's not because we had probably without a doubt the biggest uh I would just say uh, event uh, in Vegas when Carlito and I did that, uh, you know, that blending seminar with that cigar that Carlito yep. blended with uh, 13 different tobaccos. I mean, people, you know, still are talking about that and they want the, uh, the PCA to bring interesting things. Why? Because people want to see something different. And when they see things from the horse's mouth or from the owners or from the head guys at, at, at the companies, people love to see that.
0: You you guys changed the what's happening with the trade show. I mean, you guys have changed that because this year they're doing two blending seminars. You know, they have the Toscano folks coming in for one, and then they have a a triple header with Christian Aroa, uh Ernesto Perez Correa, and Nestor Nestor Placencia Jr. So, I mean, that I think that what you guys did is you set the table for how that opening day before the trade show floor opens is going to be. And I think it was a big step the PCA took this year with that.
1: You know, it's funny because after we did that, and look, I'm pretty good friends with mostly everybody on that board. And I remember I was talking to Greg Schirmerman after we did our seminar. And I said, Greg, let me tell you something. Uh, Look at the turnout, 500, 600 people. Even people, you know, were standing, just they just wanted to hear. I think what you guys should do is next year is, you know, get two or three people and try to do something like that. For them, you know, to be a moderator, to ask them questions, and then you have, you know, yep. the public to so that. Because people love that. I mean, I don't know the other day, uh I don't know if it was Aaron or somebody we had a rerun with. It was Aaron. It's, with Aaron about you know bringing in somebody you know that sells dog food or, or or I mean what can some guy don't get me wrong I mean I have a dog I love my dog I go out and buy a, a, what does some guy from the pet food industry can tell somebody about the cigar industry how to engage with consumers how to engage with uh, with media people how to engage with the manufacturers or the reps of the company I mean. <laughs> With all due respect. So I think these things that the PCA is doing now is going to give, is going to add a lot of value and also give different perspectives that the retailers could absorb and at the shop communicate to people. Yeah. Wrong.
0: No, no, I think you're right. And, you know, it was interesting because I actually had to watch that I couldn't get into the seminar. It was because we got there later. Our guys got in, we had to get the guys at the airport. This year we planned it a lot better. Make sure we're going to be there for these things. But I remember I went. There was an area of lap. There was an area where you could set up your laptop and like watch. It was like a. Uh, there were these cubicles. But I'm walking towards these cubicles, and this line Jose is like a concert, like a, a line for concert tickets, right? And I see Scott Pierce with his camera taking pictures, and he is smiling, right? Because he's like, look, we'll, because that was a big that was a big deal to, for him to see that, you know. And, you know, they had a bad trade show back in 2019. I don't think there's any way to, you know, to sugarcoat it. They had a bad trade show. And you could just see that the momentum had, that was the beginning of the momentum turning with this trade show. And it was a great trade show that we had this year.
1: No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, 2021, we knew because of COVID, was going to be a bit slow, but the the last year it changed. And, you know, and I've said to people, look, the show might not be as big as it was before, but it was quality versus quantity. It was a great show. The companies that had to be there were there. Companies that care about their, uh, They're retailers and care about consumers, and I think the the show was great, and with the things that I'm hearing for this year, it's going to be also great. I mean, I want to give a a shout-out to uh, my good friend, Ciro Cachela.
0: Oh, well, Ciro, good uh, day.
1: (laughs) That I see on Facebook, seeing the notes that he's there. Uh, Stace is out there, Jay Davis. uh, Skip, a whole bunch of friends out there, so uh, thanks uh, for all the guys that are tuning in to uh, see the show, and Thank God, I guess Carlito's busy, or I don't know what he's doing. It's, he's not busting my balls. Oh, he's it's coming.
0: It, it will come. It will come.
1: Oh, he said something now.
0: <laughs> what did he say? I missed it.
1: Don't get started. Hey, Carlito, take your medicine.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <no. laughs> yeah. Um, But, yeah, Jose, you know, there's, as long as we're on the trade show, Um, let's talk a few things because there is a lot of change happening at this trade show this year. Um, And first and foremost, um, I may disagree slightly with you on this, right? Because you and I have talked, but um, what was your opinion of the trade show moving to March? Let
1: me tell you something. This is something that should have happened years and years ago. And I'll tell you why. Well, the, 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 I remember I was, one time I was on the, uh, on the board and uh, what we always heard was because of the prices, there were like 35 to 40% more of room in Vegas or uh, New Orleans or wherever it was that uh, summer, because in summer, you know, the prices really go down. But I, I see a positive uh, because for a lot of retailers, that month, of uh, end of June or July are their biggest, biggest months. And uh, you take anywhere in, you know, Georgia all the way up or Chicago, Indiana and all those places, Illinois, Michigan. That month of uh, of uh, of July, a really good month for them and March is kind of slow for them. So I think we will see how that turns out. A lot of people have a big question mark on the venue uh, because of the, the hotels. It's easy to be, well, you're in Harris or you're in Treasure Island or you're in the Venetian right there, but you know, Let's look at it that uh, that I think that we will get people to come to the show because of the month that uh, hadn't come to the show in, 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 in years. I don't know what your two cents is on this. Um,
0: I don't like the March date, but I, but I agree with this. I don't like the March date. I think it's a bad date for a lot of reasons. But I do agree that there was enough people who did not want this trade show in July. Right. There was enough people who, for whatever reasons, and we can go, you know, I think the reasons are well documented. And, you know, from talking to various folks, this was not a good deal. The PCA had with the Venetian. So a change was needed and you got to give the board and the, the executive committee and the staff credit. They they acted on it and they made a change. So, you know, again, that's something that PCA in the past was accused of being ignoring these types of things and now this feedback has been incorporated for the first time and now i think we just got to see how it goes like, like i said i didn't like the march date but i think if they get into april it will be better that's just my opinion i think april's a much better time than march but um you know now i think but like i said there was enough people who did not want that trade show in in july i, I saw so okay, I, you I, I, I you
1: your idea march is it because of march madness
0: yeah. I, uh, well, the, the other thing I don't like about it, Jose, is it's too many things going on in the first quarter of the year is my other concern. So you have, you have pro cigar, you have pro sabor, you have um, TP still out there and that, and you have great smoke. You have the factory visits. Um, you have companies that do the national sales meetings. So it's creating a very congested first quarter for the industry I just didn't th- I didn't like the fact that PCA was going to now add to that. That's why I think if they push it out a little, I can understand it better, working a little better.
1: Well, let's see how it goes. Let's
0: see how it goes. I mean, I think we got to see how it goes. Um, and again, you have to give the PCA credit. They've been more responsive than, um, you know, in the past. I mean, that's what they they were. They were accused of not listening to the constituents. And what um, I think you could say, Jose. Here's what I think you could say. It's it's had a short ripple effect already on, on at least one company. So we have seen now that STG is coming back to the trade show this year. So yes. and they said and I would, at least, I, yeah, I they, wouldn't
1: be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised that other companies, uh, I, would companies either. Will, I would we'll see in the in the next days. Yeah. I, I think would. I think a lot of people, I don't want to mention names. We're playing the uh, a game to weaken the association, trying to do what strategy you know companies or people think. And I think because of the performance of last year and so many companies, a lot of small companies, new companies go into exhibit i really realize you have to be at the show. And we encourage also retailers. You know, every time I hear a retailer, well, I'm not going to go to the show because I don't get the same deal. I just tell you, you're so effing wrong about this because you've got to go to the show. You've got to interact with retailers. You've got to uh, meet the principals. Meet the owners of these companies, whether you've been doing with them business two years or or 20 years, it's a must. And I always tell them, look, if you're from the East Coast, don't hang out from your guys from Jersey or from New York or from PA. Meet a couple of retailers for drinks that are from the Midwest or from the West Coast and interact with them and see what works for them and doesn't work for them. What promotions are you doing? How are you doing with this company? How are you doing with this other company? What are you getting here? What are you getting there? Those are things you're not going to get if you're just staying in you know, in your store. You have to interact and you've got to network with, with with, people and with companies and see what's new at the trade show. Who knows? Maybe a small little company that's out there, you try that cigar that, and you like and Who knows? So yeah. there's a lot of things that... That you miss out on if you do not go to the trade show,
0: no, I, I mean, I agree it's always a priority for for us to go, so um, and i I thought when when the big four stepped away, I thought we were looking at a three to four year uh, being being gone so um you know now we're seeing the first come back with that, and I think uh I, I mean. You guys looked at this as a positive. I know that there are maybe competitor company, but you have to look at this as a positive, right? Because I think a, a bit more at the trade show, the better.
1: Of course. Yeah, I'm
0: not of trying course. to put words in your mouth, but I'm just, you know, I, I think it's a good thing that they're back.
1: Because you know what? This is something that maybe a lot of people don't look at, but even strengthening our show sends a message to the states, to the cities, To the federal government. Yeah. Because if all of a sudden, you know, some dickhead, you know, these congressmen and senators and all these idiots out there that uh, have this anti-tobacco thing and uh, they can't even get together. So if they see that we're all united, we're all competitors, but at the end of the day, we all have to be united to send a strong signal out there that, you know, this is in industry you know uh, a big industry and you know we are important
0: no I, I agree well we have someone joining here us oh my
1: god i thought i was not well oh it's Aaron. Okay, i, it was, <laughs> it was Jeremiah. I, I
0: forgot <laughs> to send him the link don't feel bad <laughs>
1: <laughs> Aaron, how you doing buddy
0: good evening, jose
1: so did uh, did the team win or lose
0: we lost tonight <laughs> did you did you put your case in for the robot umpires yet or not yet? It wasn't the robot's fault tonight. The okay. Fault tonight so <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> to be honest, look, I'm not uh, I've been retired from baseball and and basketball. Everybody knows I was huge. I used to even manage a uh, softball in and uh, in little league and in, in, in dr but when I saw this umpire uh, this umpire now, it's just it's just fucking ridiculous. I mean. <laughs>
0: I'm Aaron's not seeing the robots. games, and now Aaron I don't even want to see the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron wants robots. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, uh, so, um, yeah, Jose, we were actually we were just kind of just wrapping up some of the PCA stuff, right? So I got to tell you something, Jose. So I haven't, I don't think I've told you this. So I'm going to say it on the. I don't think I've told Carlito this either. I made a bet with Abe this year. Now I'm not going to ask you to comment. On what, the, what you'll understand why I'm to... Like, but I want you to see if I made a good bet or not. All right, maybe you'll say that. So I bet Abe, a signed $5 bill, and then we doubled it, that Puente Padron's coming out this year. Did I make a good bet?
1: No hablo inglés. <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> you
1: know, the thing with Carlito is, I mean, a lot of people. <laughs> I'll give you an example. I've been, I've been police... saying it's coming out this
0: year. So I'm, I'm i don't
1: my, know. I'm my I'll give you an example. When yeah. the wear came out, uh-huh, nobody had, I mean, except in the fact nobody knew it. Carlito had delivered that box that day. I remember to Liana, that was the day Liana cut her hair. Calito Carlito got his must. It's like the uh MI6 or Mossad or the CIA. Carlito doesn't say a word. It's like when he's working on a blend and we're smoking it. Okay, I think this is this, that. I'm go back. Well, it's tobacco. Okay, it's tobacco. Don't ask. Right. <laughs>
0: uh but I'm sticking by my bet here, so we'll see what happens. Uh uh, because by when like Abe Abe is notorious for winning these bets, like with everybody. So I'm gonna be the guy to break it this year, I said. Um but it was big, but Jose, big for you guys at this trade. I mean, you guys at that trade it was it was mayhem when when you guys had that unveiling.
1: You know, the thing about it, look. Sometimes I say things, even though people say you're right. I don't think. I've been going to the show, what is it? I think 26, 27 years. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But, you know, you talk to a lot of people. I don't think I've ever seen. And there's been great releases at the show. Don't get me wrong. From great companies. And even from our company. But I have never ever seen so many people at a booth to see the unveiling of a box like the day that Carlito and Jorge and both families were there. It's like what people were making jokes was like all the booths were empty. Everybody they were.
0: We were at Rocky's booth game. when it was, the crowd was gathering and we got the Rocky easily.
1: And And, and to be honest, it was something good for the industry. And I'll tell you why. Because to see the collaboration between probably the, the two most respectful cigar families or cigar companies in the world put together to make a tribute to Don Carlos and a tribute to Don José Orlando Padrón, that are looking that were looking down that day, very happy to see the harmony Between the two families, the friendship between the Fuente family and the Padrón family and the love, admiration and respect that they have for the industry. That was just uh, just mind blowing, to be honest. Things like that are good for the industry. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Unfortunately.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, it's like I said, uh, it was very unique for sure. Um, you know, you you, it was the booths were right near each other, and there was this like area in between. And folks hadn't seen it, um. So it was a very, very unique thing. But yeah, the trade show floor, I can tell you, was empty for a reason, (laughs) because everyone was congregated in this. Because I was in the Rocky booth, like in the back of the crowd, was already seeping into the Rocky booth. And I got the rock. I said, getting the Rocky (laughs) is no easy task at the trade show, too. So, um. So, yeah, we had actually gotten to him at at, at, our, at the perfect time.
1: Yeah, it was like.
0: Because at that point, we were so far back. Yeah, we just said we'll do our photography and stuff later on um, and just tried. And a couple of guys went to try to listen while we were interviewing Rocky. So that's what we tried to do there. Uh, but that was so that's that's a, so it'll be interesting. We'll see what that happens with that, Jose. So no hobble in glass is your answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> I expected that was going to be the answer. Um, I'm going to take the
1: fifth.
0: Right. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know the bet was go it was more to let you know we have this bet going on. It was made on the air a few weeks ago. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, all right. So um, we have some more stuff we want to hit, Jose. But I want to do some other like interesting things before we kind of hit some of the in- There's some industry stuff I know we're going to talk about. Uh, in the last third. But uh, let me kind of have a couple questions for you, Jose. And I'm going to stump you. I'm going to see if I can stump you with this question. I'm going to see if Aaron may get stumped with this one, too. So, Jose, we have a, we have a segment by TobaccoLear USA, um, our friends at TobaccoLear USA. Um, it's called The Ties That Bind. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to name three things for you, Jose. And they're not Fuente related tonight. So sorry, Calio, but but I want I want to really test the professor tonight. This is like this is like stump this is like uh, stump the professor. Right? So this is my version of it tonight. You have to tell me what these three things have in common, okay? Now, okay. I'm gonna name three, I'm gonna tell you what they they're three La Aurora cigars. All right? and you have to tell me what they have in common. And if, if you get this, I'm gonna be real impressed, as it's hard. So the first one is the La Aurora Cien Años line. Uh The second one is the La Aurora Preferido Connecticut sapphire. And the third is the La Aurora Preferido Emerald, which is the Sumatra, I believe. What do they all have in common?
2: Okay, let
1: me, let me this apart. Okay. Cien Anias is 100% Dominican.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pepper, filler,
0: I, I'll give you a hint. Don't think tobacco with this. It's not a tobacco question here. Uh, Something else I'm going with. So you don't have to kind of break down the blend here. I wasn't going to hit you that hard.
1: What the three have in
2: common. Yep. The Sapphire. Yeah, which is the Connecticut, the Connecticut shade on it.
0: Yeah,
1: no, 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 no. Sapphire is the green.
0: Sapphire is the green. No, sapphire yeah, is the that's blue. Emerald is the green. That's
1: that's that's Sumatra Ecuador.
0: Yeah, that's Sumatra Ecuador. That's the green. That's the emerald.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And what was the other one you mentioned?
0: The Connecticut, which is the sapphire is the blue. Sapphire is the blue with the Connecticut. Emeralds the green with the Sumatra. Hey,
1: exactly. What the three of them have in common. I shouldn't know it, but I don't have a fucking clue.
0: Okay. You want the answer? Yeah. They were the first three La Aurora cigars to make the cigar aficionado top 10 in three consecutive years.
1: I didn't... I, I wasn't thinking that way.
0: Yeah, that's why I kind of tried to move you away from the tobacco, yeah.
1: It's true, it's true, it's yep. true. Yep. I got... The 100 Años, the Bellicoso, it was... That was the first time... We got Fiscianado, put the uh, the top twenty five on the. Yep, yep. It was Padron forty. We were second. Yep. And uh, Coriva 06, I think, might have been the uh, the third one uh-huh. of that year. I didn't. I didn't. I I wasn't thinking like that. I was thinking more in blends of what they had in, in common and things like that. That's, yeah, that's that's a, like, good, uh, that's, just- that's a good one. I like that segment. That's really good.
0: Yeah, I hit you with a very hard, I've been hitting people with easy ones. I said, I'm going to hit you with a hard one tonight. I, I, I will almost hit you with a Fuente one. But I said, let me, because you've talked a lot about that in your career. You know, I know you've talked a lot about that streak you guys had uh, for many years with the aficionado list. So I figured so let me see yeah. how well he knows it. <laughs> All right. All right. So this is our Cattle Baron Steak question tonight. Jose, this is related to steak, and I know you like steak. And it's a very simple question I'm going uh, to ask you. How do you like your steak cooked?
1: To be honest, as rare as it could be. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. From, you made, I think you made a lot of people happy with that one.
1: You know, the funny thing about it, look, I know there's people. They make jokes about it. People that go to a, a restaurant. You know, big steakhouse, and they want it well done, almost burnt. And
0: that's my dad. That I mean, was my I'm dad. not going to
1: say anything. You get punched in the face or something like that. But what are you really tasting with right. a burnt, burnt, burnt? I, I, mean, I can understand that's sometimes. order medium, you know, medium rare, but, or just say, you know, just give it a little warm it up just a little bit. But, but when you just burn a steak, it's like, like over fermenting tobacco. To be honest, like over-fermenting <laughs> tobacco, you're getting all the essential oils out of it. What, what do you have left? It's like, you know, nothing. So all due respect, medium. But I like them rare, as rare as possible. Very good.
0: Yeah, and Jose, my dad was one of those. I, I think I mentioned this on the show last week. My dad was one of the ones who wanted it well done. And I had to actually, when I go out to dinner with him, I'd have to tell the, the, the waiter, tell the chef not to be offended. I mean, because they get offended sometimes. They don't want to do that. I'm like, this is how he wants it. Like, I don't... Because they're afraid to do it that well done sometimes. Yeah, I know, know, I know. know. It's an insult. It's like people go to... You know, (laughs) know. to me,
1: what's the biggest insult is a guy that goes to an Italian restaurant. Let's say he orders a spaghetti bolognese and he he asks the waiter, could you bring me some ketchup?
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. So, Okay. If you watch the, if you watch, there's a video, my mom, this again, going back to my dad, my mom was making tomato sauce when they first got married. And she, my dad said, why are you going through all that? Just put ketchup on it. Because my dad came from a Jewish family. Like, and that's, and, and she turned to him and, and, oh no, we don't do things like that now. And <laughs> she <just> said, <laughs> this is how we're doing. And then he got to really appreciate what it was like. Uh, they never went back to ketchup again. But that, uh, that's you know, what he told her, yeah.
1: I, I know this is not related, but I got to tell you something. You know what, what's something that really bugs me? Look, I, I travel a lot. I think I've been like 56, 57 countries. And even if it was on vacation, what really cracked me up, you know, you're in a hotel and you meet some guy, an American guy, you know, and all of a sudden he asks you, do you know where McDonald's is? I mean... You know, you you want to like kill them. You, you're going to like France or to Spain or Italy or Portugal. Eat the <laughs> fucking local food. Exactly. Like I,
0: really. I, I. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We we and there's people in the industry we we see do that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, no. <laughs> you gotta get. You gotta it, look. I was in Minnesota this week, right? And I had ne- they have something called a juicy Lucy, which is a burger. And instead of putting cheese on top, they put the cheese. It's melted in the middle of the burger. And it's a Minnesota staple. And I never had it. And I I said, I finally had the opportunity to try one at a really good place in downtown Minneapolis uh, yesterday. So I wanted to do that. So. Oh,
1: I always try to eat at least some of the local food. I
0: mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Good for you. All right, Jose, I got to do a quick sponsor read, and then we got some more yeah, yeah. questions for you. If you need to stretch or whatever, uh, yep, you got to some in. water. Go ahead, Jose. Okay. All right. want to mention Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's epicenter and outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. And by JRE Tobacco, the authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age, of, of Cuba was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it was one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Homestown Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully re- reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Hunas and and have brought their very own brand to market and each contain the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Candela. And each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And of course, we want to mention Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take fact that they're cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Placencia, uh, Drew Estate, and Aganor Leaf. They have the best selection, best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes Magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. Cigar aficionado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. Place it or online at that website or visit one of Corona's four Central Florida Cigar Superstars and Cigar Bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And I want to mention again, Cavalier of Geneva. Cavalier Cigars, Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold and stay gold. Join the inner circle and follow Cavalier Cigars on their Instagram page and on Facebook. And on Facebook, they're at Cavalier Geneve Cigars. That's Geneva. EBE Also visit local tobacconists and join that movement that is Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded highly by cigar lovers everywhere, as well as high ratings by cigar industry press. You'll want to follow them on Instagram at Cavalier underscore cigars. They do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. Cavalier Cigars, Smoke Gold, and Stay Gold. So we're going to get into our Alec Bradley Live True segment, sponsored by Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley. Visit alecbradley.com to find out more about their cigars live true. All right, Jose, I got a few more uh, fun questions for you here. All right. Yep. Now, this segment we normally do, it's a little more of a lifestyle segment. um, But I'm going to keep these cigar related today because I'm kind of, and you actually touched on a couple of these questions right before we went to break. So I got a question for you. You, you said you've been to how many, like 57 countries?
1: Yeah, I'm 56, 57, I think. How
0: many continents have you been
2: to? Well, America, Europe. I've been,
1: I've uh, been to China, Thailand. I haven't been to Africa.
0: Oh, you haven't been to Africa? No. no have you been no. to Australia? No. Okay, so you've been to four: the, the North, South America, Europe, and Asia. I was wondering if you would actually smoke on all the continents but Antarctica. That's why I was wondering that.
1: <laughs> I swear everywhere I go, I fucking smoke.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, would you want... Would you If you had an <clears> opportunity <throat> to smoke in Antarctica, would you do it?
1: <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to go, but I don't...
0: I actually was looking at... We were looking at trips for them. It's a fortune to go, though. It's like $20,000 to go. Yeah, uh, I'm
1: going to skip that one.
0: Okay, you're a little cold for you. Okay, so... You've traveled to countries, right? How many countries have you lived in? I counted four, but I'm wondering if there's more.
1: No, I've lived Dominican Republic. I lived in Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. I lived in the States the majority of my life. Well, not the majority, but majority in Dominican and and in Macedonia.
0: I had four. I counted. I had four.
1: Yeah, for it is that's a lot, that's
0: a lot for any anyone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. We've moved. <laughs> Emma and I have moved already. Okay. Dominican to Nicaragua, Nicaragua to Casa de Campo, Casa de Campo to Santiago, Santiago to Jersey, and then from Jersey to, to Macedonia. And this is the last one. Just yes, I'm moving. We spent a fortune.
0: I bet. I bet. I mean, it's um, I yeah, I mean we've talked about moving to Florida or someplace, and my wife's like, I don't want to move again. You know, it's uh it's tough. But let me ask you a question, is there a country you'd want to move to maybe that you know you haven't, you know, maybe there's one country you want to move to at some point in your life? Is there any other country out there?
1: I mean, we've we've talked about different things, uh but uh right now. I don't know, maybe who knows when I uh, uh, retire, if I do retire one day, which I don't, we'll see. Emma would love France. You I know. can
0: see it's, you like a France,
1: yep. Yeah, she grew up and uh, that's, you know, yep. I'd, I'd say to Emma, people who know she's more uh, French than the, the than the French. And you know, when she's pissed off you know, she thinks in French. She counts in French. <laughs> and when she's pissed off, it's not or in Swedish or Spanish or <laughs> Bulgarian or Macedonian or whatever. It's it's in French. And I, since I, am just a little bit. I, and I just tell her whatever you're saying to me, the same to you too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: you never know what we where we be. No, that's good. All right, so I've seen you, for example, smoke by like Alexander the Great in Macedonia, right, by the statue and stuff. I've seen you smoke in various places. Is there like a? It's not that be you know, not a country, but maybe some famous landmark or something. Is there one place you'd love to have a cigar that you haven't had a cigar, like some famous thing in the world that that you'd want to go smoke a cigar? Oh, man.
1: Uh, to be honest, I don't know. So many things have gone through my. Uh... You know, it might sound ridiculous, but you know where I would like to sit down where the President of the United States is sitting down and be able to take, you know, a, uh, a Don Carlos or an Opus and have, you know, a, a mug of coffee there and have somebody take a photo of me, you know, just smoking that cigar in the, in the White House just because, they don't it would be you know, it would be good to smoke. <laughs>
0: So you didn't do that with Ulysses S. Grant. Like Jay Davis wanted to know if you did that with you. I'm putting words in Jay Davis's mouth. <laughs> so you didn't do that with Ulysses S. Grant. There's no truth no, to that.
1: And you know he was he was a huge cigar smoker. <laughs> he
0: he really was.
1: He, he used to smoke, I think, between I don't know, two liters of, of scotch a day and about twenty cigars.
0: Yeah, he's like the. When I get the question about who I want to smoke with historically, it, that was the guy I'd want to smoke with. That that's the one I always because he and he had a very interesting life too. Like his life story is very interesting. So I'd love to hear about, He had a lot of struggles before he became president. So I mean, he had struggles after he became president. You know, we have to go up to the office too. So yeah, that would be one. All right. We know you love your cigars. What's the favorite time of the day? You love to have a cigar.
1: Six thirty in the morning.
0: Okay. So we're good, We're keeping you. <laughs> no. So we know what Jose is doing right after this. <laughs> and with, with, with the geese.
1: No, you know the geese. The geese they died. What? We only have ducks. Yeah, the geese and the swans died. I don't know some bird flu, some kind of <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, they came uh, from some department and they had to kill them all
0: except. Oh, jeez! Oh wow! So, yeah,
1: we started with the ducks again, so we'll see. Yeah, it oh, was okay. it was painful.
0: Yeah. All right, and the last one of these questions I have for you. Then we're going to get into the hard industry stuff. All right. You, the transport modes of transportation, train, airplane, or boat that you can't smoke on any of these things mostly anymore. Maybe some areas.
1: Train, bus, or plane?
0: Train, plane, or boat. Where do you want to smoke a cigar? Of those three things where you can't smoke a cigar, what's the one thing you want to smoke the cigar on?
1: In in, in the plane, you would like that, but that's, it's like, People are going to get pissed off. You're inside. I, said, I, I, I guess a boat.
0: Okay. I, a boat. I would say boat, too, because it's, it's open. You know, you can kind of go different places. So um, I have smoked a cigar on a ferry, but not on a cruise ship. So um, I smoked on a British Columbia, a British Columbia ferry like, many years ago. So from Seattle to Victoria. Which I don't, I doubt you could smoke anymore on it.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: All right. So what I'm gonna do, Jose, is I'm gonna read through one more set of of sponsors, and then we'll 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 bring it home after that. Okay. Yeah. No problem. All right. So of course we want to mention J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America for four generations. In 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 113-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elver Hole, J.C. Newman rolls premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines, including the All-American Cigar, The American. The J.C. Newman Pensa Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, and it's a Brickhouse, Perla de Mar, El Baton, Quorum, and Yago cigars are hand-rolled. JC Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond Cigars are handmade by at A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family and Newman's founder, the Newman's founded the Scar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, health care, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they've manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now, the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas cigars. Try the Casa Cuevas line, including the latest release, the Sangre Nueva. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local deal for Casa Cuevas cigars. Casa Cuevas cigars from our Casa de yours. And finally, we're getting into our industry talk deliberation segment sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dunbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included eight consecutive top three appearances in the Half-Life Consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Micorita Chaka and 2022 with the Saka Khan This is DTC to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. All right, Jose, you ready to hit some industry things here that we haven't really hit yet? Yep. All right. Uh, let's start off. Um, let's start off with what you're maybe we'll start first with what you may be a little closer to home to you. Um, I've seen you spending a lot. And I think this is tied into two things here. I've seen you spending a lot of time in Eastern Europe right now. And at the same time, it's well known what's happening with what's going on with the Cuba pricing and, and the shortages. Are you seeing Eastern Europe as really an area that, Hey, this is a great opportunity for the non-Cuban brands to get in because it seems like you're spending a lot of time in Eastern Europe. I know it's close to you, but it, obviously there's some. It it seems like it's a very fertile market for you guys.
1: Well, but look, uh, East, look, all of Europe. Because if you look at it, the United States is the the, the biggest consumer of cigars in the world. We estimate yep. more or less sixty five percent of all cigars. But then, for many years, it was Spain was the number yep. two right now it's Germany so look I spent a lot of time in Germany, Austria, Switzerland a lot and Eastern Europe yes I go like I was in Poland last year for the first time I was in uh, I was in Romania I was in Croatia. uh and those markets have been growing but they have been growing you got to look at it in two ways mm-hmm. the cigar culture has been growing in those countries. And also the non-Cuban cigars, uh, I would say first, to be honest, because of the shortage, but second, because of the way the quality of Cuban cigars have given an opportunity for a lot of companies really to penetrate in these markets. But let me tell you something, there's a lot of brands out there, we never mention brands, But the brands that are really doing good are the brands that have been good for many, many years that have the quality, that have the inventory, that have the consistency. And people are, you know, are open up distributors and retailers and consumers to to smoke these cigars. And the other thing is, let's be honest, the prices of Cuban cigars, I mean, (laughs) you're going to have to be... uh, a millionaire very well off. He has to smoke, you know, limited editions and regionals and the other stuff. It's just it's just out of control.
0: What I mean, we know. What do you think? Why are they doing that? I mean, what's your opinion? Why is Cuba just decided that they're taking they're going with this model right now? Um, because they, they definitely are doing this with with. they've already announced it with some brands. And I think it's going to be expand to more brands. But why is that happening? like why why did they do this, you think?
1: <clears throat> Look, there's a lot of things you have to take in consideration. Let's go back a little bit of history. For many, many years, whether I was with Laurora, La with ernie, uh, with Hoya, I told people all over Europe you have to start working with good, non. Cuban brands. Because I was going to Cuba at those times, and if you could see the numbers, they went from all of a sudden 170 to 150 to 130, then all of a sudden to 100, then to 70. And last year was around 50. So if you add up all the years, it's millions and millions of cigars that were going all over the world. And now the well has totally dried up. And then because they've had a couple of really, really bad seasons of tobacco. And when you see that they say, Havano says, and Grama, the Cuban newspaper says that this is the worst crop in history. And they say it's 50%. Take my word. It was not even 50%. So what What is the game that they have played that said, okay, we don't have tobacco, we're losing rollers, we're just in very bad shape. They did something very, very smart that a lot of people don't understand. They're making more money today selling 50 million cigars than when they were selling 150, 160, or 170 million units. Why? Because cigars that used to be at wholesale, between let's say fifteen to twenty dollars. Now they're twenty-five and fifty, and some some cigars. Their wholesale was fifty euros. Now the wholesale is a hundred and fifty. So just do the math. They're making more money now than they were before. That's yeah. the way I see it. I could be wrong.
0: And they're not. And they're not having to expedite as much product. You know, they're spending less time making product. So yeah, they don't have
1: look, they look their problem. Their their problem is not binder and filler. Their problem is wrapper, and we all know that.
2: Interesting. Very
0: interesting. Um you can give me a no hobbling glass on this if you want. Um, are you still like I remember I've seen pictures of people talking about like empty retail shelves with these Cubans. So is that still the case in Europe right now?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it
0: hasn't gotten better with that?
1: No, 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 no. It's gotten worse. There's a famous uh, Casa de Lavano in Dusseldorf that uh, I was there last year, and I was shocked. To be honest, 70% of the shop was uh, empty. And there's right now in Europe, a lot of Casa de Lavanos where these store owners have divided the shop and they put a whole room of, of that and they've told the Cubans, "Look, you got, or you allow me to do this, or I'm just out of business, or I'll just we will just leave. The, you, you're not giving us cigars. It's a very bad, bad situation.
0: Very interesting. Um, now you you haven't been spending, it, you haven't gone to Asia yet since Fuente, right? But you have Asia responsibility, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I I, I talk with my Asian. Uh, distributors uh, at least every two weeks.
0: Okay. And where is, where is for Fuente, where is like the hot spots in Asia right now?
1: All over. To really. Be honest. Okay. I mean, Hong Kong, I mean, uh, China, but you know, everything in China is by quarters. And, and look, the reality is we don't have enough cigars. I mean, I have 20 something countries that for the last two years, They're just on a waiting list to open. And we just, we decided not to open one single more country till we don't have uh, enough production. Because look, everybody knows that Quentin will not, or Carlito in this case, and Ciro and the team there, they will not ship those cigars till they're not ready to go. Sometimes we go six, seven months without having a certain skew. And it's because the cigars are not ready. And you've been there and you've seen our 17- humidors we yeah. have like maybe 15 million cigars right now that are just waiting for that aging to be ready to be shipped you don't rush yep. the hands of time
0: right Well, no, i get that
1: um one
0: question on asia this came up yesterday when i was with the how about that cigar guys and we were talking is japan a good market for cigars or no because we were here and it was very anti, anti-smoking anti there. Is well,
1: that- I don't know if anti-smoking, but, you know, our distributor there, you know, it's uh, if we could get him what he wants. And uh, no, they smoke in Japan. Well, it was tough because they had really strict laws on COVID and all that. And that mm-hmm. did go down a little bit because they had the shops closed. But people in Japan, they smoke cigars. They have a lot of a lot of pipe smokers in Japan, too. But uh, they smoke. I mean, if we could get them more cigars, I mean, but we just don't yep. we don't have enough.
0: Interesting. Um and then back to Eastern Europe, you mentioned like Germany, right? Um what is like like if we go east of Germany and, and Switzerland, right? What is like the, the toughest company country to crack right now with cigars?
1: The UK is the most difficult. It's market. still UK. Okay. Oh, okay. It's still UK. But to be honest, and it, it was Mitchell Orton, which is probably the, one of the best retailers in the UK, that said right now it's more or less
0: 50-50. Wow. So they've definitely, that's that's changed. That's changed from when I was there four years ago.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. changed.
0: I mean, because I was in there, I would say it was like 75-25 maybe or 70-30 when I was there um i was seeing a lot of it was interesting when i went when i went to um i don't know maybe maybe you comment to us when i was at um uh jj fox I, a lot of men and women were both smoking in the lounge and it seemed like the men were all smoking the cubans and the women were smoking the non cubans is what i noticed i don't know if it was just the day i was there or not
1: it could be but it's changed a lot the uk has changed yeah. uh, definitely a lot
0: okay um the situation in the ukraine is that was that a, ever a good market is that kind of affected one day business if you were in the ukraine that is a big country how how yeah it- yeah,
1: yeah i mean we, we, you can't ship anything to them you know it's uh we had our our partners there and all that but you know there's there's nothing really happening there it's uh the only thing you can do for ukraine is now you know pray for peace and yeah. uh that this damn right. war uh and the suffering of, of that country stops.
0: Yeah. What was the country they sent you to where there was, was a missile launched? Was it Poland? Yep. Yeah, it was Poland. You would in a missile launch there.
1: <laughs> I was arriving there and I I, I called a friend of mine that, uh, there's brothers in the State Department. He says, Well, go to the American embassy. I said, Man, you damn miss. If something's gonna go on, that's the first place they're gonna fucking blow up. <laughs> Uh, yeah that uh, those days i was there people were people were tense
0: wow it's not it's not easy yeah no it's not it's not i mean uh i mean that's not far from where you live either jose so i mean it's you know that's still you know a little close to home there too
1: yeah a couple of hours yeah three hours
0: yeah no um just one last question on the cuban day. i mean what's your you don't see any change with with as far as this obviously in the next few years you just don't see this changing right now this is how it's going to be now for a while
1: it's going to get worse and worse yep and if you look at it there's estimated that between 300 and 400,000 cubans in the last year and a half have uh left the country because this president uh because it's the pressure is so big in Cuba That what has he done? He has he's letting people out and out and not why? Because those people when they they reach whatever country they go to, mainly the United States, those people start to work and those people start to send money back. So it's a win-win situation for him. He's getting letting the people out and money's coming back to the country because everybody you know they they find a job. It doesn't matter what it is, construction, dishwashing. Chef, roller, whatever it is, they start sending money back. You know, you got to remember, roller is making between 14 to $16 a month in Cuba. A month, not a day, not a week, not an hour, a month. So when these people get to whatever country they are and they're getting $150, $200 a week, they're in heaven. Were you surprised
0: to see the president at the Habana, I, I you know, hear about the president at, the Habanos Festival. That was kind of something that's never happened before.
1: Well, yeah, because, you know, Castro for many years used to go, but then, you know, the last couple of years he never went. Oh, he, So he
0: has gone in the past oh, Castro.
1: Oh, yeah. Castro. Yeah, oh, I was, yeah, but, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Castro well, used to go to the Habanos. There's people that have uh, you know who had a Partagas 150 humidor signed by Castro. I don't know what the hell happened the late gary arts really yeah really i
0: didn't know that yeah <laughs> you, you and i talked about this um when i went to cuba in, in 2016 the first place i went to was that chicken place and it was actually on castro's 91st birthday when i when i landed in cuba so there was like they were kind of just they were like Posters and everything all around that restaurant, but they didn't. I heard they didn't have chicken for a while
1: there. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that El Arhibe, it's very, very. I've eaten there a couple of times. So I had a friend that a couple of months ago. Good friend. He loves chicken. He's eaten chicken all over the world. So he's been hearing about, you know, El Arhibe, El Arhibe. El Arhibe. Yep. So he arrives in Havana. Uh, we coordinated with a friend, uh, picked him up. He goes directly to El Alhibe. He didn't even go to the hotel. So when he gets there, he's fluent in Spanish, and uh, he says, "I want rice. I want beans. I want plátano. Quiero pollo. I want chicken." The woman told him, "We don't have chicken." He wanted. To oh, gee <laughs> He WhatsApp me right away. I can't believe it, Jose. You know I've been waiting to go to Cuba for so many years for the cigars, yes, but more than anything for the chicken and habi. And they don't have chicken. <laughs> Things are bad in Cuba. They've yeah. never been as, as bad. People say only back in the 70s was it bad as it is now. Wow. I got to tell you something. I got a friend of mine that was visiting us in uh, January in uh, in Santiago. And uh, you know, Before they travel, they go to supermarket, you know, they buy toothpaste, deodorant, uh, shampoo, shower, hell, and all that. And he says, where's the salt here? I said, salt? What do you want salt for? He says, the salt in Cuba is rationalized. Could you imagine an island that cannot produce salt? Then you know, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. But, you know, when I went even, we were getting our bottled water. Like someone was going out very early in the morning to buy bottled water. Because by the end of the day, even th- this is when things were not as bad. They were out of bottled water at times. So that was someone would get up at like 5.30 in the morning, go to the market and buy bottled water.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, so, really so bad. Uh, yeah. It's bad. I feel, okay. I feel really bad for the Cuban people because... Yeah. To be honest, they are good people.
0: Yeah, no, that's the one thing I tell people is like when you go there, the people are great. I mean, they just were so friendly and everything. Um, we had a lot of fun when I went there. All right, let's 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 kind of turn to something else here. Um, Alec Bradley acquisition happened while we were at Pro Cigar. Um, what were your thoughts on that, impressions on that when that happened?
1: Well, first of all, uh, I've known Alan Rubin and... Uh, Ralph Montero, for many, many years. I was happy for, for Alan, for his, uh, for his family. He uh, did a great job with the company. And, you know, the time came that uh, he saw this opportunity and uh, Scandinavian thought it was a goodbye. And they uh, they bought it. And uh, great for, for, for Alan. Well-deserved. What people were asking is, uh, what are the kids going to do? Uh, because that hasn't been official, that hasn't been
0: finalized uh, yet. From my finalized. last conversation,
1: Alan supposedly, I don't know if it's true, is only going to be there a year, and after that, I guess retirement. And uh, like again, the best for him, well, reser- well deserved for Alan Rubin. Good person.
0: When you okay, so when this happens, right, you look at like I've asked a few people this question is this a good thing for the industry and it's good for the Rubin family. Is this good for the industry or is it bad for the industry?
1: You got to look at it both ways to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's the name of the game consolidation from the big companies. It makes you think, you know, who's next or what's next. But then at the same time, I think it gives an opportunity for family-owned companies and even for people that, that want to get into the industry as a family-owned an opportunity too. Because a lot of people could see, well, you know, the big guys are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But uh, how would you say it? Uh, I think it's just an opportunity. It's just an opportunity for for family-owned companies and for small business and for people to start, you know, just, you know, doing what you gotta do. And, you know, every time I see people that, you know, at the trade show, they come up to me, they bring me three cigars, and Senor Blanco, can you smoke this? And you know, you smoke everything, then give an opinion. The first thing I ask them, <clears throat> okay, where's it made? X place. So what are you what are you trying to achieve? Oh, this this cigar I'm making is is just as good as a padron or fuente, but being I said, you're you're wrong. And I said, like why? Because those are companies who are already successful. Bring up with, with innovation, with shapes, with different profiles, with different yep. concepts. Don't try to imitate what already has been successful. And they go like, you know. And it's the truth. Don't go after what's already successful. Be creative. Do your homework. Yep. Uh,
0: I I agree with you on that. You know, i i looked I looked at it as a positive because it, someone like the Rubin family can build a family built business and make seventy million dollars. I mean, it's you know, you hear people all the time saying you can't make money in the cigar business. Um, they 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 sold that company for seventy million dollars. So they something that's you got to look at that as you know, it's a business you can get into and and be successful.
1: But, you know, uh, now that you brought that up, because I didn't want to bring it up that, that way. It also, uh, for a lot of companies, it's adding zeros to it, too.
0: Oh, that's, believe me, I've had admit, when I was at Great Smoke, that was the conversation going on.
1: So, I mean, uh, I don't want to bring it up good in the industry that way, because some people might take it the wrong way. But it's 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 very good. It, it added a lot of value to good companies. Take my word on that. Nice. Nice. All and right. Coop, not 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 for nothing, but I, I like to talk to you a lot. But, you know, a- a- Aaron's back on the show. Well, I just going to I was
0: just going to turn it over to Aaron <laughs> before we hit the last topic. And I know Aaron's gonna have a lot to say on the last topic with you too, but I guess.
1: I mean, uh, I, I I I don't want to tell you how to run your show, but you know, no, I are really we gonna do I, that? I I do like Aaron. I've always liked.
0: Him. Uh, you replayed <laughs> his show. You didn't replay my show. You replayed Aaron's exactly. show. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good, by the way, really good show. But guys, did, guys did a great job on that show. Yeah. yeah. All right, Aaron. Jose's putting you on the spot here. I, I don't. I mean, to, I don't know. You guys have covered a lot already before I got in here, so it's it's. Some kind of playing catch up here with what with what you guys have already hit. So I'm not really sure if we want to talk. How are worry, the, Coop. I have time. I think we can go
1: to six thirty. No problem. Okay.
0: Well, we may go to six thirty with the last topic. Okay. All right. So the last topic is about a year ago. You you were probably in the center of a lot of controversy going on, uh, with the whole responsible marketing thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And you, 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 you guys were getting hit from several people. Um, we're a year, we're a year later into this thing. So let me, let me get some initial thoughts on. Well, let's, let's talk about first when you know why did you guys decide? Because you guys made a very public stance on that, and uh, you know that was that was something. You know, I, I don't, I don't believe you called out names when you did it, but you guys made never,
1: a we, we never st- called out anybody.
0: Right, right. But. Some people took it the wrong way, you know, Um, or, you know, they felt it was aimed at them. But why did you guys think it was so important to make that that statement, first of all, like the way because you guys were probably one of the few companies that, you know, you did have a platform to do it. And you guys made a very public statement with it.
1: Well, look, uh, Coop, anybody who knows me. Knows how passionate I am about this industry. Because my great-grandfather dealt with tobacco, my grandfather, and even my father grew tobacco. <clears throat> and Ochi, my cousins, is into it. I mean, I my father was a political exile from Trujillo for 30 years. And I grew up seeing my father smoke three or four cigars a day. Even when he came back, before going to work, coming back at night. So arriving in Dominican Republic and my cousin having my uncle having the factory at the age of 13, I'm already smoking. I'm playing with little blends at that time. So it grew into me. And then my career, you know, with the Leon family and and, and the other companies. So I have it in, in me. I have studied it. I've researched. I've gone. I've gone to Cuba. I lived in Nicaragua. Been there, So it's, it's like in my DNA. I think a lot of people, you cut them and they bleed blood. You've cut me. It's essential oils of the tobacco that are com- coming out of me. So what I saw was all the hard work that many companies have done and all the money that has been spent lobbying and fighting against the FDA and all the anti-tobacco people. So when I saw and I started to see all these people come out with all these ridiculous flavored stuff, and I saw a lot of people be quiet. Carlito and I, you know, we talked about it, and you saw how Carlito many times got on the show about this. Because what people don't understand is the following. We, right now, because of Judge Mehta, are winning a lot of stuff. But all this thing could be, you know, uh, go and, and appeal and could go to different courts, and the FDA could one day say, "Well, look at this. A cookie cigar, a donut cigar, or this cigar? Flavors is one thing but when you put all these all these little characters and and toys and uh all this mickey mouse stuff on all that that's just giving them ammunition to the fda and that's why we strongly talked about one of our shows calling out in a certain way the pca to not allow and they did you know that they did impose that last year, and they were going into the booth. why would we want to exhibit something that is with with an ice cream or a cookie or something that's just targeting, you know, minors? So at the end of the day, if we have to go to court and presentation as the PCA and as responsible uh, companies, we could present this is what we have. We cannot control because if somebody wants to make a Mickey Mouse cigar, or wants to infringe on a t- trademark of some other company and use a cake or a donut or whatever it is. But that is just going to harm us. People say it's creativity. No, no, that's not creativity. That's just giving ammunition to the FDA. And it has calmed down a lot. And a lot of people that were doing that stuff have really just, you know, just gotten back a little bit and they've created different things. Because take my word, It's not good for the industry.
0: If I went back 20 years ago, okay, and people were doing this 20 years ago, this is before the FDA got the power they got with this. What would you think about 20 years ago with this? Bad idea or good idea? If people were doing ice cream bars and hot fudge sundays or whatever, I mean, 20 years ago.
1: I think that 20 years ago because... There was not so much social media. There was not so much creativity. I think it, that stuff would just—it would have not—it uh, would have not worked. This has worked because of social media and the way that people think and the way that people advertise and and promote. And you have people that just will smoke anything that looks funny or attractive or kind of cool at the moment. But serious cigar smokers, the people that make the numbers in the industry, take my word. Those couple of, let's say maybe a million of those cigars out there are just hurting the industry. But that's not what people smoke. Take my word of it. It's just a very small percentage of people that are smoking those idiotic things. What do you you
0: think about... All these small batch, limited edition releases. Just taking the, the branding aside for a second. We'll come back to that. There, there's a lot of this going on right now. There's all these small batch blends. There's all these limited editions. What, what's like your thoughts on this? Because you've been around this for a while. I mean, where are we with this? Has it gone too far? I mean, let's say someone is isn't doing crazy packaging. They're doing more traditional types of limited releases. Is this good for the industry? That we have all these limited editions right now.
1: Look you talk, look, I you know, I talk to a lot of retailers. I, I talk to a lot of consumers. I think it's like maybe a 50-50 thing. There's people who love them. But then there's people that are doing these limited edition. Are they really limited edition? Is it something they just bought from some place and they just said it's a limited edition? or is something that you are creating that's a limited edition? Because that's a difference. Before, well, I'm mentioning brands that you go to Tom, Dick and Harry. And Tom says, well, I got 30,000 cigars here. Uh, Okay, this is a limited edition. But to me, a limited edition is something that you create, a a real, I'm saying a real limited edition is something that you create at a factory, that you make a blend, that you have these maybe unique tobaccos, filler binders and wrappers that you can make 30,000 or just maybe 20,000 cigars and you put them out there but it's not that the next month you're going to see the same limited edition. So you got to look at limited edition in different ways. and That's what I said. I think maybe it's a 50-50 thing. Okay. Now, if you look at limited editions from reputable companies, you could see the value of these things go down. Like maybe a Lancero was $25 today. And because they didn't make it anymore in three years, it's a $100 Lancero. And people are willing to buy it. Right. So that's why I say you got to look at what really is a limited edition. If it's something that you create or it's something that you buy and you say it's a limited edition.
0: Right. And then you, you guys, I mean, you guys do limited editions, but you do, you do them in small batches and they come out periodically when, you know, you guys are when they're ready to come out, right? So you guys do do them. Um, but you, like you said, I think a lot of, you, you went back and said it's the factory. And that's like, my feeling is a lot of times is, I know this stuff isn't, you know, you know, this stuff that, you know, I don't know how to say it. I just I can't see them being that many limited editions out there. So I think you're right. That other 50 percent is where I'm calling it the question. All right. Let me let me go back to the the, um, you mentioned the PCA. Um, They haven't officially put their stance out yet on this, according to Josh uh, and Glenn. They're waiting for Judge Mehta to have the final ruling on that. But do you think they need to take more action uh, going forward on this this, um, responsible marketing stuff? Like, should they go as far as enforcing this? And how should they go about doing that? If you think they should enforce it more heavily.
1: Well, I think they did a good job last year. I think what they have to do is keep enforcing it and be vigilant because it just takes one slip of one company doing it, somebody taking a picture. Because what people don't realize, the same way that the courts and the, and the prosecutors built up cases of murdering or racketeering, that's the same way that the FDA and those people work. It's not that they take one thing, they just keep you know, a, a history, a file. This happened in this shop, this happened in this exposition, this happened at this convention and they keep adding up you know just uh, what's the word in english just saving this information having dossier. A, private, yeah, the a dossier, dossier yeah dossier to present to you know when 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 you go to court so i think they have to continue to be vigilant and look and to be honest these people who do these multi big events and fairs and things like that they should be vigilant about this too not to let uh, you know people exhibit stuff that's just at the end of the of the day is going to come back to, and bite you in the ass.
0: Yeah, I mean the NASA report that came out. Um you know, they mentioned for example they they showed some Drew estate ads. They actually showed the Fuente ad in that thing as well. You know, they 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 went after the Fuente ad on that uh in that NASA report. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's you yeah, know, that's you know, you, it's, that's just Carlito and his father in a field. I'm just saying yeah, there's a lot going on with that. That, And I don't think the FDA knows that this is a big – this is my feeling. I don't know if they know it's a big release or a small release. I don't think they care. I think they uh, they don't have any clue on that, these people who are building what you said.
1: Oh, no, 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 definitely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We've seen – you talked about the other thing, too, was the uh, was the parody cigars and the, the – you know, where you see some of the trademark stuff and uh, – what are your thoughts on that? Is that because that that's what Aaron and I have termed lazy marketing, in our opinion, like when you go and do that.
1: Well, again, without mentioning companies, there's some people out there that are doing these crazy marketing. You know, they're getting letters every day of "cis" and desis and things yeah. like that, which I think it's it's not good because you know at one time you know you could do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. And do it. All of a sudden, somebody could just file a report to the court or something saying like, what's up with this? Why so many systems and desists on this? That is not good. Look, I believe you have to be creative. And I know it's hard getting names. I think we've run out of names. We've gone from A to Z on the Dons. And now you can't even use the word Don anymore because there's so many Dons <laughs> out there that even the mob didn't have so many mobs. <laughs> they
0: went after the Blanco name. <laughs> <laughs> They went after your name.
1: I know, I know. yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and that's no, uh, true. <clears throat> so uh, it's hard to come up with with yeah. names and uh, yeah. but you know, you just have to keep on working, coming up with names and ideas and concepts. Don't copy off on things that have been successful because you're going to get a letter of sis and desis.
0: Yeah, listen, when, when, the, when Alan Rubin did the uh, the dojo cigar. I, I told them I said and they got the cease and desist. I said I couldn't believe you guys did that. I was I was shocked that they all did that. I was shocked that they did that. You wouldn't have expected that, but I I you know and, I, and the, they got a cease and desist from Coca Cola on that cigar.
1: Yeah, because there's a lot of people that don't realize all these big corporations they have trademarked so much stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's very true. I mean, the, the lawyers—there's lawyers who do this full time—is what I've been, you know. So they understand that, yeah, with these companies, you know, that with these big corporations we're talking about. All right. So we're we're about at the end here, Jose. I know you said that in a half
1: okay, hour. Uh, okay, but no, 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 I don't have, but I would like to hear. I don't want to push. I would like to hear Aaron's voice. <laughs> I'm busting so, your balls a bit.
0: No, it's good. We we have to bust Aaron's but By the way, Aaron, today, uh today is six years since we started this show. It is. It's our sixth year anniversary. A, actually, this day is six years ago we started this show. Yes. So um, uh, you know, I, I wanna publicly thank Aaron, uh, because he has been let me just say this. Aaron is the guy, if I'm going in a direction and Aaron sees a problem, he will reel me in real quick. And uh that and to have someone work with you for six years, every week doing this show, um, it, it's a great accomplishment. And, and Aaron, I just want to really thank you publicly on that because uh this thing, we started this show because we wanted to build a show that we wanted to listen to, and I think we've done that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I want to publicly thank you on that. Yeah, and thank you for uh taking me along on this ride. I mean, it's been it's been fantastic. Yep. You know, we've had lots of great conversations with people and things that I don't think other shows would have ever brought up or asked the question so i think it's been it's been fun yeah what do you think jose this show's been on for 6 years now
1: i think the first thing we should do is give a uh, medal to aaron uh, who have been dealt, dealing with you <laughs> for 6 years i would have shot myself
0: yeah that no, <laughs> my wife said the same thing said, so how did you keep him for 6 years <laughs> <sighs> yeah it's good. It's good.
1: But yeah. congratulations. I mean, you guys do, a, 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 a you guys are both team, the same thing with, with you and Bear. Uh, the thing I like about the three of you and many other guys out there is your honesty. There's no BS with you guys. You could be wrong on anything because you're a human being like, you know, I've been wrong a million times, but what you bring to the plate, to uh, the viewers, to retailers, to consumers, to media people, to us is as honest as possible always telling the truth, giving great opinions and looking at things, you know, and maybe in a totally different way, the other people, you know, if all the media, people would just have the same comments and the same thoughts. It would be like very, very boring. Mm -hmm. It's like when people say to other people, why can't you be like so-and-so? Well, can't be (laughs) like so-and-so because then I wouldn't be myself.
0: Yeah. I I get that all the time. Like, why don't you do it like half will? And I'm like, well, I'm not half will. They do, they do their thing. They do the thing really well. And you know, Aaron has his way of doing that. We, we're not trying to duplicate what we're doing. Yeah. And we, we 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 really try not to cop. I mean, we see a lot of it going unfortunately There's a lot of copying going on, and we see it with the media stuff, and it's not what we try to do. We've tried to always be original.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: You know, but we've seen it. It's been it's things have been duplicated. So it, it's happened. Yeah. Um I, I could say this uh, um, you know. Jose, Aaron really changed the way I smoke cigars a lot because his approach with the flavor first piece has been a big thing. Um, And Aaron will always tell you it's flavor, you know, and all those things that come around it, you know. It's not about how your cigar burns.
1: Oh, definitely. You know, I always tell people, uh, people tell me what flavor or strength. I said, flavor over strength all day long, 100%. Because the flavor You know, you could tone it down to what do you want? A mild cigar. You want a uh, medium body full flavor, just a strong cigar. But it has to be flavor all the time. And then the other thing is people get so confused. I tell people you could have a mild cigar that's full flavor. Because why? People tend to confuse flavor with strength. That happens all the time to people. Yeah,
2: It does. It definitely does. All right, we're Gonna get a chance to bust on Aaron here. So,
0: <laughs> I, I got him quiet now.
1: Yeah.
0: Did he? Did we lose him? Did he freeze? He's there. He's there. Oh, no, I'm here. Okay. You oh, look, I'm like here. you were frozen.
1: No, no, no. I'm just waiting for Aaron to ask me something. <laughs> I really like Aaron.
2: Ah. <sighs> <sighs> uh, let's see. what Let me ask Jose.
1: You know, you're wearing a T-shirt of a team that I don't really like a lot because I'm a big Yankee fan, and I hate yeah. the Astros. Well, there's a reason. Yeah. He's got I'm a legitimate – I'm not going to say hate. I dislike the Astros. He, no, but yeah. he's got
0: a legitimate reason. for I don't it. care for the Astros either. I'm just coaching my daughter's softball team, and her team is, happens to be the Astros, so I have to deal ah, with it. Okay, okay. So, right. yeah, yeah, he's got a legitimate <laughs> reason with it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this would not be my first choice for a, a team yeah. to be wearing a shirt for, but it it works out. So – you you still watch baseball, Jose? you still follow baseball as much now? I know it's tougher probably where you are.
1: No, I could watch it, but look, I was huge on basketball. When Jordan retired, I said that's the end of it. And now the way the Yankees are going, because they get into the playoffs, and they just yeah. can't get into the World Series. <laughs> All right. Did you pick your Jordan was is. alive,
0: Jose, with this team?
1: Oh yeah, that'd be a different thing. Oh, I guess divorce. would.
0: I mean, it, we, we the game would change. Exactly what I'm saying. If George was alive, this would not be happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've gotten a lot of great players and things like that, but I don't know. Something just doesn't click at the end. I mean, I grew up. Look, I grew up. I lived in Long Island. I grew up watching the Yankees. I remember that lineup. You know, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, Elston Howard uh tony uh, tony richardson uh Lee boyer hank bauer i mean whitey ford i met whitey ford as a kid he used to live in uh, lake success so you've seen the yankees you know you can say whatever you want of the yankees you know what i tell people brag all you want when you have 27 world championships we can talk
0: <laughs> Every Yankee fan will remind you of that till you know. I'm just saying, they always remind you of the 20s, but they you know they haven't won in, They haven't won in 14 years. Keep in mind, which is oh, a drought since the 20s.
1: I know, I'm, and the World Series they should have won, and it would have been good for New York. Was when they lost to the uh, in Arizona. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. believe Mariano couldn't close, which is, the, in my opinion, the greatest closer of all times. Mm-hmm. He couldn't just win that game. It would have been good for New York. New York deserved that win after
0: 9-11. Yeah, the, I, I, I always felt that the Yankees, they never, I think by then they were starting to approach this more corporate. And they, they, they didn't believe New York as much as I thought they should have in that world. I mean. Those 78 teams bled New York. You know, I, I lived through those 77, 78 teams. They bled New York. I didn't think that. That 2001 team is when they started going corporate. It started getting very corporate with that. And, you know, that,
2: that's what happened, I think, you know.
1: We'll just have to wait this this year, see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, 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 I don't even want to talk about baseball season. Phillies have been awful. <laughs> awful. Awful. All right. All right. Um, I'll mention this kind of close it out. Uh, we're gonna continue to stick here celebration next week, and we're gonna have one of Aaron's another one of Aaron's favorite guests on. Uh, we're gonna have, and he's gonna have. We're gonna ask him some tough questions. Um, uh, but fair questions. Uh, Justin Andrews of, of uh STG is gonna be on next week. That's right. That's right. So oh, we're we, we're gonna ask him a lot of a lot of questions. <laughs> I think there's a lot of questions. Um. You know, I think there's a lot of people want to know, you know, the, the, what they've gone through in the last couple of years, and obviously they're coming back to the show. The Alec Bradley acquisition, uh, just in general, we we always bust on Justin, he, he takes it really well. But I think, you know, we'll have him on next. You want to talk about ball bots thing, Jose? We ball bots on Justin mercilessly, he gives something. it back too. It's, it's not he like does, a, he does, firing, yeah, at a firing yeah. squad or something like that. Yeah. So,
1: Justin's a, Justin's a good guy, yeah,
0: he is a good guy, yep, he is a good guy, and uh, he's done, I've known him. Since he was selling cigars for Lou Rodriguez in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have him on next week for sure.
1: He's gone a long way.
0: Yep, yeah, he has, he has. He has. Yep. So uh, he has agreed to come into the firing squad and he loves Aaron. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jose, anything else before we close out?
1: No, I mean, you know, congratulations again on, on six years. I'm gonna see if I can find somebody that designed the medal here to send it to uh <laughs> to Aaron uh for being patient and, and, and dealing with you, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: uh no, just keep up the good work and uh you know I, I look forward to see you guys at the uh at the trade show, God willing. Mm-hmm. And uh always uh Great to be uh, on the show with you guys. I no, don't get up for a lot of people, but for for you two I, knuckleheads, I would.
0: We really appreciate that, it. Thank you. I know I appreciate it, Jose a lot. I know it's uh you know it's very early out there, and uh, you. Uh, I actually was, you know I uh, I I felt bad. I but you 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 know we do appreciate and you. You wouldn't know it's four in the morning. You didn't sound tired. So
1: no 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 no. And I only slept a couple of hours. I mean I went to bed like it was like one. Slept about. One half hours, three hours. I, but I, I three was gonna days.
0: call you, right? Because I want I talked to you before the show. And it was like I I said, I gotta call him, right? I said I can't do it. He's probably a sleeper right by now. <laughs> I said I'll just catch him before the show.
1: No, 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 but it's uh, it's great. And uh again, thanks for the uh the invite. And uh you know, you and I talk two or three times a day, so it's not been uh
0: <laughs> talk to him more than my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, people laughed a lot. As you asked me after you made that comment. Do said, do you talk that much? Sometimes we can go three or four days and not talk, but then sometimes we talk <laughs> two or three times a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, that's good. All right. Thanks to our audience for hanging in there as well. Um, that's going to wrap up Primetime Episode 263 into the Annals of History for this Thursday, April 13th. Now, Friday, April 14th on the East Coast and in Macedonia. Uh, We'll see everybody uh, next week. Take care, everybody. See you guys.
1: Good night.
2: Thank you.